Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Tribe Method Podcast, where we help gym owners, coaches, and trainers run better businesses and inspire healthier humans. My name is Evan Bardis. I'm your host and the head of marketing here at Tribe, a powerful gym management platform designed to help you build your fitness community. Now, let's get started. In this episode, we interview an OG of the CrossFit game space, Becca Voigt, 10 times CrossFit Games competitor and co-owner of CrossFit Training Yard in California. If time travel was possible, what would you tell yourself 10 years ago? 10 years ago? Uh, how old would I be? 28? Oh, I w- at 28, I would have told myself that just be be patient. You know, in two more years, it's going to be way better. The <laughs> 30s are way better. Um, That's, I think, important for actually people to hear. The 30s are way better. People said that for me forever. And because I, like, I think people have a social anxiety. I think it's brought on by social anxiety. Like there's social, there's a time clock for not not just women for, for uh, you know, more obvious reasons. But like right. for, for men, I think when you hit 30, there's this like, if I'm not on a path by 30 or I'm not with someone by 30 or I don't have my career aligned by 30, that I'm like fighting up upstream. Right. Do you, you don't, you seem you like you're shaking agree. your head. I, I don't know. Like it, I became more self. I became more confident when I hit the thirties, and nothing, nothing happened. Nothing blew up. I didn't die, right. and I still had things left unchecked. And then I realized that it will happen, and to follow my checklist, and I'll eventually get there. But not to rush to it because right. things come with work and and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I it, think you call like when you're in your thirties, you definitely are calming the voices of you know that pressure yeah and so all of a sudden you realize like okay what's the big rush i i will get there eventually whatever i want to achieve but you don't have those external factors that are telling you like you have to do it by this point or you're not cool enough if you want to accomplish that like that's not cool and all of a sudden you're just like fuck them (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna do it because i think it's cool and i think you stop caring as much as what other people think well said that's right (laughs) i think with age yeah that the whole idea of like i don't care what people think it's hard to it's hard to do it's hard to not care what people think i think you're almost hard-coded to care about what people think because you don't want to not be liked you want to be liked and so now you get into this weird enigma and i think age starts to force that you where you as you get older you start to care less about that nonsense and maybe care more about your family or things that maybe matter more to you well it's definitely more present in in the people that are yeah make you feel like you belong yeah and you're like oh i don't really need to fit into that crew yeah you guys don't don't make me feel great yeah yeah and then you do want to hang out with your parents a little bit more as you get older it's crazy that's 100 percent true (laughs) like there's times where it's like oh yeah there's a party going on or i'm gonna have family dinner and i'm like i'm so glad i'm doing family dinner it's so much more valuable and the conversations change as you get older so they get interesting and you start i mean for some people you you start wanting to see in-laws like or you start wanting to see cousins yeah and i think for me growing up for sure i was in that that bucket of like i don't want to talk to anyone not not only my parents but le- right. much less i don't want to see my cousins yeah. you know, i can barely tolerate a dinner with mom and dad <laughs> and now it's like oh man i hope i get to see them again i don't go yeah. home enough you right. know yeah that totally makes sense <coughs> um i'm just gonna switch gears a second or for a bit into uh the gym management side mm-hmm. when did for people who maybe don't know when did you start um training yard and uh how did you go about getting your first 50 75 members uh well you started in 2014 and uh, we decided that we were going to start a Founders Club. 
And so even before we uh, opened our doors, it was a month before, yeah. we put out a Lifetime Founders Club membership. Right, yeah. And it was um, to 50 people. So it was the 50 first 50 first people 50 who wanted to join and sign up. They got this rate, and then they were grandfathered in for the rest of their mem- – as long as they stayed. Yeah. Um, and we still honor that to this day. So, um, yeah, it was shocking. I mean, as soon as we found out – we, we got the spot, we got the keys, everything was going forward. We put out a video with me standing in the middle of this beat-up gym at the time and just was like, all right, here it is, and anyone wants to join, you know, top the first 50, get this rate. And it was – I think it was like less than a week. I was going to say, how'd they get received? Less than a week. Yeah. And it was uh, amazing. Some people that I had never met, like never knew me and didn't know my programming. And I was just like, I mean, that was very profound. And then a lot of them were friends and, you know, clients of mine from um, previous gyms. But yeah, it was really cool. That's awesome. Okay, cool. Um, On, you know, on the management side, how many um, coaches do you currently have? Are they all part-timers? We do um, have approximately six. Uh, One is full-time, besides Eric and myself, my husband, um, and uh, the rest of them are part-time. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people talk about community. Community is everything. You know, people don't leave the the gym because community. If another CrossFit gym opens up or another fitness studio opens up down the road, what keeps my lights on, what keeps revenue going is the community. do you think about it that way, and and how do you define like community in your gym? Is that something you guys are, are always thinking about, or is that just something that comes with having I mean, good workouts done by good coaches? No, I um, absolutely agree that community is everything. Without a community, I have a gym with walls and equipment and nobody else, um, and that's exactly how we started this gym. This gym was built on the fact that. Eric and I met at a gym that had an amazing community, and over the years, it just was not uh, nurtured enough, and the community kind of fell apart, and we missed that. So when we started our gym, we absolutely made sure that uh, community was first, and we do that every day um, with, if you don't know somebody, you meet someone. You literally extend your hand and say, hi, I'm Becca, or whatever. You don't let someone just sit in the middle of the room stretching on their first day, on their first month, first year. If you've never taken class and you've never met them before, you're going to shake hands. You're going to say hello because that's scary. And so that's the first thing that you do. And then we also, when we pair people up, we don't let people always pair with the, you know, the person that they came with or their significant other. We make sure that they reach out. And I pair people up. Um, just by knowing their abilities like you two would be a perfect match so let's go ahead and see how that goes (laughs) and I think that's really important you have to do activities outside of the gym so every month we do one activity that's literally outside of the box we call it playing outside of the box Uh, we go play ultimate frisbee or flag football we've gone um, foot golf so it's soccer golf, <laughs> um, and we do activities like when we come back on Saturday, we're doing some a spin. We're taking a spin class at another place that's pretty local um, to our gym, uh, and so we're trying to get out and do barbecues. And do you guys hold those as like classes that people can like RSVP to, or do you just like say, hey guys, like a notice in the gym, this is going on this this Saturday? So ultimately, like it, usually it's something that's free. Yeah. And so we will post it it's in like the gym. Gathering. We put it in our newsletter. Um, we announce it in every class, like this is what we're doing on yeah, this day. 
Um, and so you have a handful of people who go. I think it's, you know, about 20-ish people who show up. That's but awesome, it's though. always like a different 20. There's yeah. a few staples that always go, but for the most part, it's just a few different people. And it's just cool to like you know laugh at each other and with each other and just have a really good time and it's really it is important you know we learn in in the gym there's three different types of people in community there's a there's a group of people that only care about community and that's why they stay at your gym other people care about seminars and other people care about cool new equipment and laughter yeah that's good um but yeah so it's it's you know you're trying to fill the buckets of each individual people and if you don't know that about your gym you're doing a disservice to them and so i think it's really important and being able to log your workouts is one of them you know and that's what we're we're grateful for you know when people can see what other people have done um in a workout they will give them a shout out on social media or you know next time they see them it's like hey i saw you did really good in that workout the other day good job um, and that's important. You're really building a family. I have said this many times, and I'll say it, you know, um, again, I can go have coffee with any one of my members and have a really great time. Yeah. And that's important. Yeah, that's massive. Um, yeah, so, I mean, member engagement. Um, was that part of your process when deciding on gym management software? Or how did you kind of arrive at, at Tribe? I mean, Eric was saying you, you guys were involved all the way back to Box HQ. Yeah, we had we were very fortunate that we were approached early. Um, we hadn't heard any, you know, profound things from the other um, softwares, and so it was one of those things that we were lucky to be able to kind of be at the ground level. Um, and really, what was important to us, and it goes back to community, it's the customer service. Because if there's something that I can't do, it's easy for me to just go out to the question area and be like hey, I don't know how to do this. Can you please walk me through it or can we get on a call? And it's always been so easy to do that with Tribe. And so it's never been a question. It's like, yeah, customer service is the number one reason why we're like, we're in because it's helpful. You know, it's not, oh, well, I guess we're not going to get an answer or, you know, it's nice to hear that you guys are vulnerable and you'll be like, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. I'll get back to you. Or we're going to look into that and we'll get back to you. And you guys do. So it's really cool and important for me. Heck yeah. Perfect. Um, just two more questions. Uh, what is, and I think it's a, an opportune time to ask it too, because, you know, over the years, everybody, I think, uh, as a competitive athlete, a professional athlete who's that dedicated and is competing at the level that you've been competing at for the over a decade, mm-hmm. um, you know, you sustain injuries, and we were talking with a couple people about some of those injuries. What what would you say is maybe your worst injury, uh, and, and maybe how did you go about getting past that? We had talked a little bit about whether you're pulling kind of back to, to reflect and kind of take pause, or if you're, you know, motivating yourself and trying to spin it in a different way and, and attack it from a different angle as an opportunity, perhaps. Right. What would you say is your worst uh, injury, and how did you kind of overcome that? I mean, uh, over the 13 years of doing CrossFit, I've done, um, I've, you know, injured myself. And it's a lot of time, and anyone who's listening to this, I've, I say it a lot, it's not CrossFit that injures me. It's my poor movement in one area or not a deficiency that I have that maybe, you know, was, you know, showcased (laughs) in the wrong light. But um, I've had some injuries. So uh, currently I I try not to remember these injuries as being significant pieces in my life. So currently the one that I'm dealing with right now is the the worst one. Um, It's definitely the longest recovery that I've ever had to deal with. So we're going on four months. 
Um, and so it's been very hard, but, um, I'm very fortunate because I'm extremely creative, um, with modifying things for my members and myself. And so I'm able to figure out, you know, how I can still work out and not do the same things over and over again, um, throughout this whole journey. Uh, and I've been working on deficiencies, so it's not that I'm going to go hide in a hole for four months and not do anything. I know that my squat can be stronger and my legs can be stronger and my mobility can be better. And so that's what I'm hitting. I'm also working on my core a lot. And so I'm seeing changes in just doing a few different things, um, and really focusing on those areas of weakness. Uh, and I think that's really important. People need to, and that's the really the secret to my longevity as an athlete. I every year look at what I was bad at at the games and that's where my focus is. I'm retooling everything and trying to figure out what's in my toolbox and what can I use a little bit more to make myself a little bit better every single day. And so, I mean, I think I answered your question. You but, did. Um, yeah. no, you it's, did. It's absolutely just really trying to focus at what I'm not good at and be better okay and that's i mean that's every aspect of my life you right. know i fall short in communication with my husband or you know it's just not prioritizing things and the workouts at the gym get a little longer even it's though i don't really do much yeah you're always trying to just put a spin on there positively and figure out how to make your life a little bit better and not be so hard on yourself uh, and so that's kind of my life's motto it's just focus on the positive Heck yeah. that's awesome yeah. that is awesome that's so awesome um the the final question that i have is is what's next for you what's upcoming in 2019 what are some of your goals yeah 2019 is a little unknown right now <laughs> uh i feel like i have maybe a 30 percent chance of uh competing in the open for the masters and possibly getting in the top 200 at this point uh and if i do that gives me a few more weeks to kind of uh, get back to where I was and maybe try to qualify as a master's. Uh, and if I don't, then I'm going to continue to work on the things that I need to and get back to 2020 and get to these sanctioned events and see how it goes. I'm not done. I don't really foresee myself ever being done in one capacity or the other. So who knows? Maybe it'll be team in 2020 or something like that. But right now it's too, too up in the air. Got to heal these bones first. <laughs> So we hope you found this episode valuable, guys. If you did, we would love it if you could review us wherever you're listening to it. Give us five stars. Let us know what you liked. Of course, subscribe and share it with your friends. And don't forget to reach out to us if you'd like to be featured yourself or if you want to nominate a guest to be on the show next. You can do this by emailing us over at community at tribe.com. And that's tribe, T-R-I-I-B.com. Thanks and talk to you soon.